Hi, this is Daniel Sandoval from the Sandoval Bench Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NBA and NHL playoffs. And Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. That's BetOnline.net. Thank you for joining me for this week's podcast. You listen to Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. So first, uh, or the last episode, uh, we went over the first two games, the NBA Finals. Um, so this episode, we'll go over the rest of the games. Uh, game six will be Thursday, which will be tomorrow in Boston. Uh, Warriors look to close it out against the Boston Celtics. We'll see if uh, the Celtics end up losing uh, three straight games. Uh, but let's uh, take a look back. Back at Game Three, uh, Boston had won that one sixteen uh, to one hundred. He had a, a you know good game from Steph Curry, thirty one points. Clay Thompson that this was Clay Thompson's only good game so far um, in the series, scoring wise and offensively with with twenty five points. Even with the last game, the most recent game he's had, um, he hit five threes. Uh, but you know it, as we talk about Clay here, you know m- my main thing. Over the past two years, when he missed two seasons, was you know how can he get back uh, physically uh, to to be the same player defensively, you know guarding the best player on the opposite team, um, you know being a good on ball defender, um, helping with switches, but you know that was going to be a struggle for him obviously because you know he tore his ACL and his Achilles that next year, so he was going to have some um, some issues with lateral movement. Um, but this series, he's been great defensively. Um, he's been he had some strips off of uh, was that Jalen Brown the last game. He's he's guarded uh, Jason Tatum in spots. You know he hasn't been the primary defender obviously, so I don't know if you can uh, rely on him in that way um, as being the primary defender. You know his shot has been off. You know I think he was pressing a lot, but uh, we have a, a chance to see Game Six Clay tomorrow. Which I, I hope that we see because it was alive and well. Uh, game six clay against uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. He showed up. That series had a, had a big game. Uh, they ended up closing it out against them. Um, you know, and like I said, last game he had he, he hit five threes. Uh, but you know, this Warriors team hasn't had to rely on him as much um, offensively. You know, just hit three to five threes a game and you're good. Um, but you know, the biggest key for the Warriors and Clay Thompson was how he's been able to find. Um, you know, his groove, get his legs under him again uh, defensively because, you know, this is an underrated team defensively. I know everyone's talking about Boston, that they're such a great team. You know, they can switch. You know, um, most of those guys can guard multiple positions. You know, um, Marcus Mar- 
Defensive Player of the Year. You have Jalen Brown, who's a great defender. Jason Tatum, Tatum is getting uh, better as a defender. Uh, you know, Derek White and um, Al Horford. So, so they do have good defenders. It's just um, I feel like people were overlooking the Warriors' defensive abilities. You know, Clay Thompson improving on defense. He's getting closer to what he was before. Um, and you know, the shot will come. It comes back. You know, with uh, with practice, obviously, and, and the shot just doesn't that doesn't go away. You know, he, he's not going to forget to shoot. Um, you know, Steph Curry, people have always uh, they've targeted him. Uh, opposing teams have, and because he's uh, you know slight and, and wasn't the best defender, but he's a good team defender and he tries. He's not giving up on plays. Um, and I know you know Jordan Poole is not a great defender at all. You can anybody can score on Jordan Poole, um, and he kind of just. He's been flopping a lot. That's kind of his thing, I guess. Um, but then you have Gary Payton II, who's a who's a um, a good defender. He's he's one of the better defenders in the NBA, and you know they the Warriors really needed him to come back for uh, for the series. Andre Godala, he can probably he's probably good um, in spots at this point in his career, but he's not going to give you that much that much time in the game. You know, he's only played I think like. 22 23 minutes in the series so far and he's dealing with a lot of injuries he's at the end of his rope there right and then obviously you have draymond green uh kavon looney has uh he's become a better defender um so this team is you know th- and then you know what bielitsa i'm gonna get into bielitsa here in a little bit um especially with that last game so then you know warriors are they lost at the game three boston takes a, a 2-1 lead and then that next game, they were able to tie that game, and that was that one was in Boston too, I believe. And uh, Steph Curry had an amazing game. We're here for for Steph Curry's moment. This is Steph Curry's moment. Um, you know, we had all the back and forth with um, you know Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. They're kind of you know having some some back and forth. Um, you know, Kevin Durant had an issue with with what Draymond said that you know the whole offense starts with with uh, Steph Curry, no matter. Who else is on the team, including Kevin Durant? Which is true. He they built the whole system was built around Steph Curry because he moves without the ball. Um, you know, you screen, you 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 pass the ball to, to Steph, and then you, you throw a screen real quick, and then the guy can't get around you. So the, the way that they play with each other, and then with Draymond Green, he's always finding those open spots for him. There's a, there's always a lot of movement, find the open shot. Uh, but they just let S- Steph Curry do his thing. So this game was was it just a great Curry game. Uh, he had seven threes. He was 43 points, 10 rebounds. Um, and, you know, he had some help. Clay Thompson, 18 points. Andrew Wiggins, 17. You know, I know Draymond Green has been struggling a lot, which uh, we'll get into. But for Steph Curry, this is, uh, this is an important game, I-, I thought. An important series. You know, everyone tries to tie... Uh, greatness to you know MVP awards sure he has two um, he had the first unanimous and then oh how many but how many finals MVPs do you have you know the first one in 2015 went to Andre Iguodala for guarding LeBron James I guess but LeBron he averaged a triple double in that series against the Warriors so would you really give it to him or you know but Steph Curry was still good that series but maybe he wasn't head and shoulders above anyone else so they i don't know why they didn't just didn't give it to steph curry this is that's still odd to me and they gave it to andre guadala 
But okay, because you know, I guess he had that swipe at the end, that play, that steal. But I mean, I don't think you could give it to him over the the course of the series anyway. Um, but then you know, people will still hold that against the Warriors because you know, 2015 they were playing without uh, Kyrie and and Kevin Love. They had some injuries, right? So they're like, okay, so we can't count that. And then the the championships with um, with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant went, wins Finals MVP both those both those uh, championships. So they're like, okay, well, Steph, like, you know, how many, how much help do you need? All this and this. Steph Curry is the greatest point guard of all time. Okay. I know there's, you know, your list could include obviously Magic Johnson. For me, Magic Johnson was always up there, um, you know, with his championships and, you know, and, and he did a lot of great things, obviously, right? Rookie year, rookie season in the NBA with the Lakers and Kareem, they won a championship. Um, he's, Arguably, he could be in your top five list of all time, right? But we're talking point guards. You know, you could have a lot of people have Isaiah Thomas up there. Um, some people have Chris Paul. I wouldn't have Chris Paul up there just because, um, you know, he could be up there for longevity, but uh, no championships, no MVPs. Um, you know, same with John Stockton. Um, I'm putting Steph Curry up there um, ahead of guys like Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas. That's my top three right there, though. Uh, I'd put Steph. Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas. I can't, you know, I know there's, there's a lot of recency bias, but we've seen what Steph Curry has done over his career, right? He's he's pretty much changed the game, changed the way people defend now because they have those crazy pictures on, on Bleacher Report, ESPN. Like, people share these pictures of, like, oh, how, uh, and it shows how other teams guard Steph Curry. And there's, like, five guys, like, in front of him, like, waiting for him to pass. And he's, like, just trying to dribble through all these people, or they're, they're picking him up half court, full court. Like, they don't do that for other players. Like, maybe they do that for, like, Trey Young or something, but they don't do that for players that often, right? And they haven't in the past. And um, he kind of started this uh, this free-flowing offense. I know he didn't start it because, you know, you had um, seven seconds or less with the Phoenix Suns and Mike D'Antoni with Steve Nash. You know, you have different iterations of it, but no one was able to play in a system like that with, with someone like Steph Curry, you know, they tried it in Houston with, with James Harden, uh, didn't result in championship. They got an MVP, but, um, it, he wasn't that kind of player where, where Steph is, you know, and, and he's, and now you've seen him in, in Brooklyn and, uh, Philadelphia where he's, he's aged like milk, you know, he's, he's turning into cheese. He's just, he's milk that's been left out of the fridge for 12 hours. And, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta throw it away. You don't want to keep it, give it a max contract and put it out in the fridge. You got to just throw it out. You know, it, it's not good anymore. It's it's not the same as it was when it was fresh milk. <laughs> Steph Curry's still fresh milk. You know, he, he they always put him back in the refrigerator. He's great, you know, and, and he's taking care of his body. He, we just got to be careful with those ankles. But, you know, he's gotten stronger as the years gone by. Um, and we've seen the way he's been as a leader of a franchise and as um, – as a, as a teammate, honestly, because he's not the vocal leader that Draymond is. Draymond's the heart and soul of that team, right? He's not the personality that Clay is. Everyone loves Clay. They want to hang out with Clay all the time. But he's like the model, uh, you know, superstar, like, sports hero for people, right? And I mean that, like, you know, he has his family. He, he gives to charities. He does all this stuff, you know. If you're religious or not, doesn't matter. Like he, he, he lets you know like what his thoughts are on stuff, but he's very um, calculated about what he's doing and when he's doing it. But um, like people just love him. He's just a likable guy. 
um, you know, he took a back seat to, to Kevin Durant. He's like, hey, we want to make you feel welcome here. He, you know, welcomed DeMarcus Cousins. Kelly Oubre, they tried to do it with Kelly Oubre, who just didn't fit. Um, he's tried with multiple players, right? And the relationship that him, uh, Clay, and Draymond have, like the way that their three personalities fit, it's just so perfect. You know, you have Draymond, who's an outspoken guy. Clay is like a laid back perfect number two role to fit with Steph Curry and Steph Curry is like the perfect has a perfect personality to be a number one like it's just like the way that this fits it's just like you create this team like on like an NBA 2k or you make it in a lab like oh what kind of personalities would work to build um, the perfect dynasty and this is it because you have no tension between those three if you do like we don't hear about it like they just they have each other's backs all the time you could tell that there's really a closeness with those three and Steve Kerr they respect Steve Kerr a lot, you can tell, which I'll get into with, with Draymond's benching and Steve Kerr and, you know, what that showed about uh, the leadership of uh, Steve Kerr and even Draymond, right? And then the way that they talk about each other in the press conference is just amazing. Um, so, I mean, we're all witnesses to this this great uh, this great run for these, um, these great athletes and, and this uh, coaching staff and, um, you know, don't want it to end and, and the, the dynasty is alive and well. You know, because I believe that this uh, the series is ending tomorrow in Boston in Game Six. Like I said, Warriors over the over Celtics in six games. Uh, I know initially I had the uh, the Bucks, but then you know once the series was was uh, was finalized, I said you know six games for the Warriors. But um, but yeah, just the way that that they they work together, and then the way they brought in Andrew Wiggins. You know, Andrew Wiggins is um, well. I guess I, you know I'll finish my Steph Curry point. So. Has to be the, the the greatest point guard of all time because we didn't see you know we saw great moments from from Magic Johnson but just the way that Steph Curry has changed the game and the way that defenses have played him we saw in the Toronto series the boxing one and they called it the janky defense now you see everyone doing that boxing one when I was coaching uh, you know youth basketball at YMCA there was one guy on the other team who was shooting I was like hey guys I'm gonna draw up a defensive scheme here for you. We're going to do a box and one. And guess what? That kid could not score for the rest of the game. He got so mad. He was yelling at his coach. He was cussing. And then on our side of the bench, we were just laughing at this kid because he couldn't. He was just trying to shoot half-court shots, try to shoot deep, and he was just shooting air balls. Like, all right, guys, keep doing the box and one. Let's make this kid pass to somebody else on his team. Like, let's make one of these other kids score. And no one else could score. So, so obviously, we won that game. So, you see everyone else doing this. I know it was like it's a, it was like an old high school uh, defensive strategy, but then you see it in the NBA, which is, I thought that was so cool when <laughs> Nick Nurse did that. Um, obviously, you know, enjoying watching the Warriors, I, I didn't enjoy it that time, but uh, but I just thought it was funny because you could always use different types of uh, defensive strategies. So that's the impact that, that Steph Curry had on, had on the game. And then now, you know, with Kevin Durant um, going to Brooklyn and you see the struggle he's had, you know, they just got swept by the Boston Celtics and he just, he's going to miss... And I'm sure he realizes now how good he had it with that team, right? And then that coaching staff, like they wanted to cater to him. He was a little bit sensitive and just didn't like how things were. He wanted to be number one. You know, of course, Bay Area fans aren't going to love you like they love Steph, man. Steph is homegrown. They drafted him, you know, when he was really scrawny and had a bunch of ankle issues. People were riding with Steph or, you know, or Monte. You were either on Monte Ellis' side or Steph's side. And, you know, the, the franchise had to determine if Steph was that dude. But then... You know, injuries kind of derailed a bit, but then he, he came back. And then they drafted Draymond. They drafted Clay. That's why 
people love this team because it was a homegrown drafted team. Same with Boston. It was a homegrown drafted team. And we're seeing these guys grow up and, and mature into their bodies and, and mature into their roles and really get closer as, um, as teammates. And, and, you know, a lot of there's like with the Celtics too, there's a closeness there. I know there's, there seemed like there was some chemistry issues, you know, under Brad Stevens, but I think that was a like voice of the coach issue. And then they needed a head coaching change. And now you see in the first year of, uh, Ime Udoka's, um, coaching career with the Celtics as head coach, like now they're in the finals. So, so it's like, wow, just that one move and like some other minor roster changes, like that's what happens now, you know? So I just think it's amazing with, um, with the way the NBA is going. I, I mentioned this in a couple episodes before was that, um, it seems like now it's like you got to win through the draft and then you add some veteran pieces here and there, but not like a major veteran piece. Like, Oh, we just added Kyrie Irving or we just, we got, we got, uh, James Harden. We brought in Bradley Beal, like things like, like that's not going to work anymore. You got to bring like the right role players to fill out your bench. Obviously, you know, you're n- not, everyone's going to be able to draft guys like, uh, Steph Draymond and, and, and clay, because they just do different things so well and it works together. Um, I know I'm like a broken record, but it's just, I'm still just at all of how, how that was put together. And then, yeah, you bring in Andrew Wiggins because um, they had traded for D'Angelo Russell from Brooklyn. And, you know, it was, it was exciting. I was, I was excited, honestly, when, when they brought in uh, D'Angelo Russell and then um, just didn't work. Then they traded him for uh, Andrew Wiggins to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And okay, so my first one of my first games, I guess, well, not my first games. I I, I saw um, Andrew Wiggins' rookie season. He went to Portland. Um, I wanted to see one of Kevin Garnett's last games when he was with the Timberwolves before he retired. Kevin Garnett ended up not playing, but Andrew Wiggins was like 18, 19 at the time. And I just remember thinking, like, man, Andrew Wiggins, like, he has it. Like, I don't know what he, he just has it. If he could figure out like the aggression and like the mental thing and just like, you know, give a hundred percent every time, like he's going to be a superstar. That's what I thought seeing that first game. And then watching him at Kansas, like him and Joel Embiid, I thought Joel Embiid was a better player, but I, I thought he should have been number one pick, but I understood injuries derailed that and kind of made him drop off. So I was like, okay, Andrew Wiggins makes sense, but it should have been Embiid. Cause I liked Wiggins in college, but it's just like, he seemed like it like just didn't want it enough. Like he was just playing cause he, he kind of liked playing, but he wasn't hungry. didn't love it. Right. And when I saw this game, he was, it seemed like he was doing so many different things. Like he was shoot, he was taking threes. He had post moves. He was, he was getting after it on defense. This was his early career game against Portland when both of them were just kind of bad. And I was like, man, he just like, he had all these different, he had this arsenal moves and I just thought it, it was amazing. And, um, so he kept, he kept pushing him like, okay, I'm like, how many points does he have? And I look up at the scoreboard, he has like 25 points. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I think he could do this. And then as his career continued in Minnesota, he just didn't seem to have it. Like him and Carl Anthony Towns, just like, they didn't have that. They didn't have that dog in them that you need. Right. And then, you know, they make the trade for Jimmy Butler they get Tom Thibodeau. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm seeing, I'm seeing the the Minnesota Timberwolves make some moves. I'm like, okay, I think I think they could get a sixth spot, you know. And then you had the infamous uh, Jimmy Butler uh, situation in, in practice when he was playing with the second unit. Didn't he didn't shoot the ball at all? And they beat the starters. They beat uh, who was there? I think Zach Levine was still there. Um, and then um, yeah, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins. So like, okay, so there's something there. And then. 
he's just trash talking them the whole time. Then he, you know, basically forces his, uh, his way out and they trade him to Philly. So there was something there. Like if Jimmy Butler doesn't respect you as a competitor on the basketball court, there's got to be something mentally that, you know, that's holding you back. And I've always said, you know, with Carl Anthony Towns, like he just didn't have that, that dog in him. Same with Andrew Wiggins. I think uh, Carl Anthony Towns, though, by the way, I think he found it uh, in uh, Anthony Edwards and uh, and Patrick Beverly. They, they they put it in him now. You know, the Timberwolves are, are where they should have been before because now they have they have that grit that they needed. And, you know, Carl Anthony Towns had some bad games in the playoffs, and then, you know, then he showed up in that last game, you know, hitting some big shots. Um, that's my that's my Carl Anthony Towns uh, tangent. But anyway, with... With Andrew Wiggins, it was just, you know, he had the bust label. I didn't think he was a bust. I thought he was a good player. You know, he was putting up big numbers. Putting, he was putting up good numbers, you know, 22 points a game, 24. Um, he always had a – I always thought he had, like, a, a perfect body for for to be a, a great wing defender because I think he's, like, 6'7", right? And, he you know, they used to call him Maple Jordan. You know, he had some bounce, but he wasn't aggressive getting to the basket. You know, didn't dunk very often. It was just kind of shy from the moment. Um yeah, didn't have that extra motivation, I felt like, right? And um, so, you know, when they traded the Warriors, I'm like, okay, this is a good trade, right? Because he could learn from, from Steph, he could learn from Clay, Draymond, he could learn from this organization, from Steve Kerr. Um, you know, he just has to want to take that next step. So, um, you know, it, it took a while, but, you know, this year was his first time being voted to the All-Star game, right? And a lot of people, like, kind of rolled their eyes. But this series, he's shown you why he was voted to his first All-Star game because he's been the second best player for this war- for these Warriors, and he's been the second best player I think in the series. You know, we, I'll talk about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown here next, and, and Marcus Smart, but um, he's been so consistent for the Warriors. You know, the like you know Steve Kerr will put in a lineup, and it'll be uh, you know Gary Payton, who's not known for scoring, you know Otto Porter Jr. or something. And, uh, you know, you'll have Bielita there, or Kavon Looney, Draymond Green, and then you'll put in Wiggins. And then Wiggins is like the number one scorer when you're giving, you know, Jordan Poole some rest or, or, or uh, Steph Curry some rest. Because Jordan Poole hasn't been, hasn't been great. He hasn't been, you know, utilizing that, that mid-range um, opening that the Celtics are giving him. And they're playing him physical. You know, they're being very physical on him. And, you know, he hasn't been, you know, he's hit some good shots here and there, but hasn't been great. He's only averaged uh, 12 points a game. So... Um, this is what I, I had been saying this whole time. I'm like, if Wiggins could just be like, he could just chip in when other guys aren't playing well and he can just, you know, improve defensively. There was a lot of ifs, you know, at the beginning of the season, like, okay, the Warriors, like if Clay comes back, great. If, if, you know, we get some, some young guys, you know, um, take that next step. I'm like if Andrew Wiggins can chip in here or there, you know, if Steph stays healthy, if Draymond, you know, all these kinds of ifs, right. And it, it's it's happening. We're we're seeing it happen because you know the the younger guys are taking that next step. Um, Gary Payton, he's not he's 29, but he's a young guy in the league, I guess. Um, but he's been better defensively and offensively too. He has he has no fear driving the basket. But with Andrew Wiggins, like Clay has been off and on, as, as I've said, you know, scoring wise uh, during this series. So it's like where are you getting your scoring there from? From right. Jordan Poole only averaging 12 points per game. Then you have Looney. He's not the biggest scorer. Draymond has had a, an abysmal series. His game two was great. I guess this past game he was he was good, but um, you know he hasn't he hasn't been pushing the pace. You know he's he only he hasn't been taking a lot of shots. Um, so then outside of Steph, it's like okay, who's gonna give me some scoring here, right? And then, but it's been Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins has been so consistent. And then he had this big game when uh, this last game Steph Curry wasn't on. 
And, you know, Steph Curry only scored 19 points and everyone else was struggling. And Andrew Wiggins had a monstrous game in the NBA Finals. 26 points, 13 rebounds, 12-23 uh, from the field. You know, Clay Thompson had 21 points, so he didn't have a bad game. He had five threes, uh, but Steph only had 16 points, not 19. He was 0 for 9 from three. This was pretty much all your scoring output. You know, you had Peyton, uh, GP2 with 15 points, Jordan Poole uh, with 14 points. But this... This game from Andrew Wiggins, he has been, since he's arrived um, for the Warriors this year specifically, they, uh, Mike Brown has been working with him defensively, and he's been such a, a great defender, honestly, a great defender. As um, You know, Draymond talked about being the best defender in the league. He hasn't been guarding the best players on the Boston Celtics. It's been Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins has been that guy. Klay Thompson has been in spots. So with Klay Thompson not 100% on, on defense, you know, you can have Wiggins be that that primary defender because just the way his body type is he can you know he's a great wing defender he has length you know he he has um a lot of versatility there for the warriors and then you've been seeing him attack the basket more he's hitting some shots he has really good post moves so i am now um you know i am the founder and ceo of the uh andrew wiggins fan club i am not here to i am not tolerating any more andrew wiggins slander Andrew Wiggins is no longer a bust. Andrew Wiggins is, um, I don't want to say, he's not a role player, but he's not like a star. He's a star in his role, if that makes sense, right? Like when he's called upon, when he's needed, boom, he's right there. He's going to be consistent. He's going to still be able to get after it like he did that first game. I, I watched him live against the Portland Trailblazers many years ago because now he's only 26 years old. So the Warriors are in such a great position. I, as I've said before, He's 26. You still have, hopefully, you have Wiseman coming back. You know, you got Kaminga and Moody and Poole. You know, learning more from. He's going to learn a lot from the series. And those young guys are going to learn from this series. You know, like, oh man, I had that experience with, with with Steph and Clay and Draymond. You know, we can we can get back here. We know what it takes and stuff. Uh, but I'm just I'm so happy for Andrew Wiggins because a lot of people have been just been doubting him for his entire career. And even when he got the Warriors, like, oh, Warriors, like, they, they traded for Andrew Wiggins. The Warriors know stuff. They are light years ahead, like they said. They know stuff that we don't know. Like, uh, media pundits, other coaches, people, we say stuff. They don't, we don't know what we're talking about. They, they know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. They lost, They made Andrew Wiggins blossom into, like, just, he's a, he's a really good player in that system. And um, they're going to they're gonna need to rely on him more and count him for this next game to close it out in six. But um, I'm incredibly happy. Uh, for Andrew Wiggins, and I'm I'm gonna give uh, Kevon Looney his flowers. I'm gonna give uh, Steve Kerr his flowers also because this last game, or not this one, but the one before, it was uh, Game Four. Um, Draymond had a terrible, terrible game, and I guess his his last the last few minutes of the game, there was like, I think he didn't put Draymond in back in the game until four minutes left. So there was a lot of little things. This whole playoff run but then in this series specifically where steve kerr will like make a decision i'm like damn why is he doing this at that moment and at that moment he benched draymond green and draymond green has said on his podcast that hey he steve kerr didn't need to explain anything to me like i understood i was playing poorly and it was better that you know they put in kavon looney or someone else instead of me in those closing minutes that's fine so you know with draymond's leadership he accepted that because draymond green's one of the sm smartest basketball players that we're going to hear from, you know, and we're going to hear a lot from him when his career's over because he's going to get into the media side of things, right? But um, him knowing in that position that he was not helping the team at all and that the team needed to go somewhere else, 
was that's just great leadership, I think. And for Steve Kerr to make that call in that moment in a big game, in a big spot there where the game was at, it was just like the balls on Steve Kerr just they're enormous because I, personally, I would not have done that. And personally, I would have been like, okay, I'm Steph, Clay, and Draymond. They got me here. You know, we've been through, the, through these moments a lot together. I'm, I'm riding with my guys. I'm putting those guys in there no matter what. You could be, you know, Clay could be 0 for 15. I'm leaving them in there. I don't care because maybe, you know, there's a couple seconds left and he's open and he hits the, the one shot and it's the shot that wins the game. I'm riding with those guys. But uh, Steve Curry, he, and then he puts in Bielitsa, who I'm just like, at that point, I'm like, why are you putting Bielitsa in? He was like, he runs like he's a, like he's a horse, like a pony. Like he's too big for his, like he was trying to move too fast for his body. Like he's just like a, a big puppy, right? And, uh, but every time Bielitsa was guarding Jason Tatum, I think Jason Tatum was like 0 for 6. He got some steals. Like he was really good defensively in those minutes that he played. And it was like in a crucial spot. In the game, I was like, why does Steve Kerr have Bielitsa in? But Steve Kerr knows more than I do. He can, he just knows what situation is good for, for certain players. And he looked all the way down to the bench. And he's like, hey, Bielitsa, you're in. And Bielitsa just, you know, getting ready, dancing around. He's like, all right, I'm ready to go. And he just, he, he made Steve Kerr look like a genius. Steve Kerr is earning his money as, as, as a coach for the Warriors. I know everyone says, like, anybody can coach. The Warriors, they specifically said it when uh, they had uh, Kevin Durant because it seems so easy to um, to win championships. But, um, no, he's really earning it. He's a great coach. Uh, he's a great basketball mind. He knows what he's doing. And um, just the way that he's managed this roster, um, the emergence of, of Gary Payton, and um, I'm just uh, – it's very impressive. Very impressive. And um, as far as uh, the Boston Celtics go, um, you know – this is a team that they're going to learn from this, but I don't know. You never know when a team's going to come back to the finals, right? Like I know I'm considering the series over already. I can, I'll eat my words. If it's not, you know, at worst, I think they could go to seven and then the Warriors close out at home. Personally, that's what I think. But, um, you know, Jason Tatum, we haven't seen like we have like this past game, Jason Tatum had a good game. He had 28 points. Um, you know, I think he had uh, or 27 points, 10 rebounds. He was, he shot 50%, hit five threes. Great game, right, St- statistically. But we haven't seen that Jason Tatum game like, oh, hey, I have arrived on this stage. Like, I'm I'm putting the dagger in you guys, right? Like, like he had a better game than Andrew Wiggins statistically, but Andrew Wiggins had bigger shots and, and bigger shot makes at the biggest crucial moments of the game. So it was more impactful. His 26, whatever it was, was more impactful than than Jason Tatum's stat line of 27 and 10, right, if that makes sense. And then, you know, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, 2018, whatever, whatever. But none of them have had, like, oh, I'm putting, a, I'm putting my stamp on this game, like, you know, Kevin Durant in the finals, LeBron in the finals, or Steph Curry, that 43-point game. Even Andrew Wiggins' most recent game, like, okay, hey, I'm here. These are impactful points. They're not just, you know, throwaway points. For Jason Tatum... You know, he's only 24 years old. So, like, we're, like, expecting him. Like, I'm expecting a lot out of him because I had said, hey, this is the this is the playoffs series where him and Jalen Brown are going to – they're going to elevate themselves, which they have. I believe that they have. Jason Tatum probably more so, even though Jalen Brown, in my opinion, has had a better finals than Jason Tatum. Um, Jason Tatum's the number one guy. They're guarding him differently than Jalen Brown. Uh, I think Jalen Brown has made better decisions. He's been better defensively. Um 
but like I said, Jason Tatum did have have a good game this last game. But we haven't seen him have those big moments or big shots, um, just like like he did against Milwaukee, you know, or or Brooklyn, you know. But this team, Ime um, Udoka is a great coach, and I think uh, this team can be back. I'm not sure as far as uh, Al Horford goes because he's like 37. Um, but you know, it's always tough. Cause you know, like we talked about with uh, the thunder when they played the heat, like we're like, Oh, this team's going to, this is a dynasty waiting to happen. They never got back there, you know, and that was it. They had the, the um, the three, one, um, collapse against the warriors. And like, that was it. And then like, st- uh, Kevin Durant leaves and that was it. And then he, you know, he wins with the warriors. So we don't know if the Celtics could come back, but the, the way that they're, they're structured, defensively is it's like perfect you can't change that i think they just need to work more offensively add some shooters uh jason tatum needs to work i think more on like decision making he has been getting other guys involved uh more and and elevating teammates but i think he needs to he needs like a that mid-range jumper when they're picking you up on the three-point line he needs to be able to get past guys quicker because he doesn't heal and he's kind of like a little bit like Paul Pierce, where it seemed like he was moving like slow motion, you know, and he kind of had to kind of get like, you know, a little, uh, a little finessey with you and try to, you know, instead of like overpower you. But yeah, he needs to get a, a, a quicker first step and, you know, just stop and, you know, take a mid range jumper. You know, I, I think the mid range people don't utilize it as much. You know, you saw, you see DeMar DeRozan use it a lot, you know, Clay uses it in spots and it's successful. And I think, that needs to make a comeback. It shouldn't always just be, oh, here you go. I hit a three-pointer, and then, oh, I'm going to drive to the basket and dunk on you or lay it in. So I think um, I think that's what he needs to work on. Marcus Smart, I don't know why Marcus Smart's not guarding Steph Curry as often. You know, I know they're doing a lot of switches, but they just got to keep Marcus Smart on Steph Curry. If he's he's a, the defensive player of the year, he's supposed to be the best defender. They play the same position. You just got to guard him. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see um, – the the Warriors win Game Six tomorrow or or Game Seven here um, in San Francisco, but the city is buzzing. San Francisco is excited. Uh, the Bay Area is popping right now. There's, they do all their watch parties, but I'm telling you, I, my manager is out to get me because I was off. I was scheduled off on Sunday, which could be a potential Game Seven. So I was like, okay, cool, I could watch this live finally. But I've been having to record all the games and then watch them back. Uh, but now Thursday tomorrow. I get out of work at 6.30. Then by the time I get home, it's like 7. The game starts at 6. So I'm already missing most of, the, most of the game. And then now this other one, I was first scheduled off. Now he changed my schedule. Now I'm working Sunday for potential game 7. So I don't know. I, it's a conspiracy that I need to I need to get to the bottom of. But uh, but that's all I have for my podcast. Uh, I hope you guys have been enjoying the finals as much as I have. It's been it's been a great uh, coaching matchup. Uh, seeing um, you know Steph Curry do his thing, Andrew Wiggins, and the guys of Boston, uh, Jason Tatum, and and Jalen Brown, I, I love watching those guys play. Um, and the Boston Celtics, the way that they play defense is always great. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm sad that it's ending soon. Um, it's been very enjoyable to watch. But uh, we'll be back next week um, to to recap, put a bow on the NBA Finals. Uh, we'll check in on some other sports. I know I've been um, NBA Finals, NBA playoffs focused, but it's just one, one of my most favorite times uh, of the year as far as sports goes. Uh, it's just uh, it's very exciting for me. So. Uh, yeah, we'll check in with other stuff. So we'll maybe do some uh, movie reviews and check in on some uh, some TV watch list stuff as well. So thanks for joining.